Brown is the coach for Team USA Basketball. A new coach will probably be named this summer. It's been an honor with the USA basketball team and to coach the team and work with Jerry. That uh, These seven years have been marvelous, and we're in a good spot. You know, we, need to keep, uh, we need to keep building. During his seven years, Team USA won two Olympic gold medals and a world championship. Patriots quarterback Tom Brady has again taken less money to stay in New England, but ESPN is reporting Brady will almost double the amount of guaranteed money he'll get from the team. Brady will make... $57 million guaranteed over the next five years. ESPN NFL insider John Clayton with more. It may seem that Tom Brady was giving the Patriots a discount by taking a three-year, $27 million extension, but what it does, it shows he can wear a smart salary cap. This was a very smart deal from both sides. First off, Tom Brady's not going to lose a dime in this. What this has done is going to give him the ability to free up $15 million of room to possibly keep Sebastian Ballmer this year, Wes Welker possibly this year, and other players in the offense over the next couple years. And then when you get to the point when he's making $7 million, what will happen is that they can go ahead and start putting voidable years when he's 41, 42, and 43 so that he can come back and still make top dollar in this league. Tom Brady's not going to lose a dime, but what he's done is show that he can help the Patriots keep this team together. ESPN has learned the Oakland Raiders are talking with former Packers and Seahawks coach Mike Holmgren about a leadership position with the team. Holmgren worked with Raiders GM Reggie McKenzie when both were in Green Bay. In the NBA, about to tip the Magic and 76ers in Philadelphia, also the Warriors and Pacers in Indianapolis. A law firm in Orlando is now representing three of the fans injured at Daytona's NASCAR Nationwide Series race. No lawsuits have been filed yet. At least 28 spectators were hurt when parts of Kyle Larson's car went through and over the catch fence on the last lap of the race. Hey, it's Gola coming up Wednesday. Our NBA analyst Tim Legler joins us in studio. Plus, Alonzo Morning tells us if anyone can beat the Heat. That's coming up Wednesday, 930. Mike and Mike, ESPN Radio, ESPNRadio.com. Bosch Appliances are ranked highest in customer satisfaction with dishwashers by J.D. Power & Associates. Find great deals on ultra-quiet Bosch dishwashers at your local Bosch dealer. J.D. Power & Associates 2012 Kitchen Appliance Satisfactory Study. Ticket City is your local source for tickets nationwide. Let Ticket City be your personal ticket service. Call 1-800-SOLD-OUT or visit TicketCity.com. Guests of the Horn appear courtesy of the Bob Steak & Chop House Hotline. Go see what all the fuss is about on the Vaca across from the W Hotel, Bob Steak and Chop House in Austin. Well, it's a big show. The Big Show with Sean Adams and Aaron Hogan. Presented by Budweiser. Big Show, welcome back. I get excited every Tuesday when we get to do this. But we're streaming live at ESPNAustin.com. Still got the NFL Network on behind us. Desmond Trufant from University of Washington looked really good. He was stiff in the shoulders, too, but, man, he still put up a great 40-time. Of course, he has an NFL brother uh, that plays for the Seahawks. So uh, a lot of athletes, uh, essentially a job tryout, a practice tryout, interviews, you name it. They'll couple all that with the game film, which I still think is most important, and then they'll put all that together. Uh, along with their pro days, and, and then we'll see the draft. Uh, another thing that I pay way too much attention to, I got up every morning and turned on the combine, and I just looked at people exercise. It's like watching CrossFit Challenge or something. 
Tuesdays on the big show. The rosterwatch.com guys join us. They're back from Indianapolis, right where Sean was talking about the combine. Byron Lambert, Alex Dunlap. Guys, how you doing? Awesome, man. Happy to be back and happy to be back in Austin without all the ice around and everything else. Was icy up there? Oh, man. There was a big ice storm on Thursday night. A bunch of ice on my head when I was walking back to the hotel, (laughs) for sure. Uh, Real quick, Sean. One of the things you might should do tonight when we're done with the show at 7 is head over to Rudy's here because you're running the match race on Thursday with Tyler. Yes. Rudy's is having their third annual rib-eating contest, Rib Fest 2013. This is where the local high school football teams show up, and Westlake High School is the defending champ at all the Rudy's locations, and they chow down on the ribs. All you can eat ribs for 20 bucks tonight. Tyler, you should go. No, that's something you would win. Like, I would pick you. I know you'd win that hands down because that's your favorite sport nowadays, eating. Former Longhorns, current NFL players and coaches will serve as honorary rib-eating coaches tonight. So go on by. It gets going about 6.45 up to 7 o'clock at all the area Rudy's locations. And again, uh, 20 bucks, and you can you and your family can enjoy all the St. Louis ribs you can eat. Proceeds are being donated to the African New Life to uh, help educate and feed children in Rwanda. So, how about that, John? For twenty bucks, all the St. Louis That's style nice. ribs you can eat. It seems like I spend twenty bucks when I go to get barbecue there, anyway. Yeah, no, this the is... guys in Rwanda would rather you ship the ribs over to them, probably. <laughs> I think so too. But then you wouldn't get to eat them. That's what it's about. All right, so the ice storm notwithstanding, give us your thoughts on. Uh, we'll take. We'll get some takeaways, you guys. Overall, we'll talk to your uh, your your scout scoutmaster coming up with uh, his thoughts as well. Winners and losers from the combine. But give us your thoughts on the Texas kids. You had Marquise Goodwin blazing 40-time, Kenny Vaccaro uh, doing his thing. Alex Okafor did not work out. Alex, why, why, did, Al- why did Alex bail out of this thing? Uh, you know, there was the issue at the, at the Senior Bowl, wherever. And I'll, I'll pull up the text from his, from his agent last night, so I'll make sure not to, not to misquote what it is that, that held him out. Uh, he said that Alex suffered a contusion to his hip flexor at the Senior Bowl after falling on an opponent's cleat. Although it's nothing serious and he's almost at 100%, we decided it would be best to just wait until UT's pro day for him to compete. This sounds like code for draft stock is a little bit in limbo. We'd rather wait to get home to a nice coddled Mac Brown pro day. <laughs> well, and look, I said this about Marquise Goodwin. I don't know what he's going to throw up when he gets in this complex here on a very fast track. They'll all have on track spikes. Um, you've seen guys come home, and, and every school has this. Nathan Vasher went to the combine, ran slow, came home, ran fast. Uh, Jordan Shipley put up a good 40 time. Kendall Wright last really year yep. ran a 4.67, came back and ran a 4.41, a 4.46. At Baylor. Now, you guys were on, you know, at the combine. Marquise Goodwin with the fastest time. Did he look the fastest? I mean, sometimes with the naked eye, you can see the explosiveness, just the, the quick twitch speed. Did Marquise look like the fastest guy? Uh, Marquise, looked, he looked very, very fast in his 40. He certainly looked like one of the fastest guys. I think the situation with him uh, that was a little bit, you know, I guess not surprising, but different than what we saw at the Senior Bowl. Like, like Coach Dennis Allen, the head coach for the Raiders, told us over the weekend, uh, you know, because he was the coach on the squad that Goodwin was at, uh, was on in Mobile, was that he was surprised in at the Senior Bowl to see how well Marquise ran routes, caught the ball, was really precise, actually looked really good as a receiver, which was surprising to them at the time. And we saw the same thing that week, and we were surprised by that too. And that was all to his benefit. But then we, I feel like we saw a little bit of a regression. 
uh, this weekend because we Alex and I actually got to go in and watch both groups of quarterbacks throw to both groups of wide receivers, and uh, Marquise looked really, really lost in a lot of the wide receiver drills. He had trouble finding his landmarks, trouble kind of – he would, you know, with his coordination, he would just get a little bit kind of, you know, out of balance and stuff like that. I had a, I had a friend of mine who's a scout for an AFC team, and he told me that Marquise Goodwin ran that four-two and looked like he was chilling and relaxed when he did it. And then he texted me the very same thing and said, "Man, just does not look as good or as comfortable." Running the routes, well, drop balls too. Yeah, and it's just it's like these scouts say, and it's like Mayock says, you know, fast guys run fast, and you expect fast guys to come in there and to run fast. And if they don't run fast, then that's what's the real eye-opening deal. Uh, with with Goodwin, like Byron said, the Raiders staff loved him. Obviously, the Raiders love speed, <laughs> but uh, he in in the Senior Bowl game it was obvious they went to him early and often. He was you know getting in and out of breaks really well in live game action. But you know just there in the receiver drills, whether it was the other receivers looking so polished or you know whether it was him being a little bit behind the curve, we don't know. But yeah, he looked like he was he looked like a professional, like he's been doing this his whole life when he was there lined up in his stance running that forty. It's the big show combining forces with rosterwatch.com. They're back from Indianapolis. It's our pro football focus six to seven on Tuesdays. Check out rosterwatch.com. Uh, you know, we, we earlier in the show, we went through, like, up until this year, the 10 or 12 fastest 40 times. And we went through the 10 or 12 fastest, or, you know, best uh, vertical leaps and mm-hmm. 10 or 12 best uh, bench presses. And you don't know any of them. None of them are household names. So it comes down to this. Can they play football? And that's going to be the question for Marquise Goodwin. It'll be the question for Kenny Vaccaro. He ran a 4-6 today. Can they play Football. That'll be Manti Teo, too. Yeah. I still look at Goodwin, though. Here's a, the one thing where I think Goodwin is underrated, and his film proves it. He blocks downfield. He doesn't mind being physical. And at 180 pounds, I don't know if you expect that. He's a much better blocker downfield than, say, Tavon Austin. Now, the other thing, the difference, they keep bringing up those two because they ran the, the, the two fast 40s. But Tavon Austin is a guy that'll catch the ball and make yards after the catch. He catches it going across the middle. I still think right now, Marquise Goodwin is a vertical guy. Yeah, and, and and I'll also say that Tavon Austin is just, I mean, a Tavon athlete. Austin is just, he comes in and out of breaks so fast. He's so decisive in his cuts. And most importantly, I think, you know, the main comparison you can draw between a Tavon Austin and a Goodwin with all the similarities that they have is Tavon Austin's slippery ability to, to get off the press. And, and Goodwin hasn't shown too much of that yet. Yeah, I mean, you look at, uh, at Tavon Austin, there's a little Darren Sproles quality to him, and now he's not as powerful as Darren, but just he's undersized, but so quick, and just he you can use him in so many different ways in this spread offense world we live in. Uh, Tavon Austin, more of a just a weapon, whereas Marquise Goodwin right now looks like he's going to have to be a, a speed receiver, maybe return some. Well, kicks. something quick on that is that in the press conference prior to his workout, Tavon Austin told us that one thing he was here to prove was that he's strong, and that he was going to do really pretty well on the bench. And so he did put up 14 reps, and he only weighs like a buck 75, so that's pretty good. But then you look down, and Goodwin put up 13 reps. Right. Okay, so, so Mar- then let's talk about reps, because it was 14 for Tavon Austin, 13 for Marquise Goodwin, and then 12 for DeMontre Moore. <laughs> and uh, Aaron and I both were hearing from Texas a people that be careful uh, that – the Texas a people, there were whispers that they thought he was making a bad choice leaving. Good for – happy for Jokel – but not uh, that Demontre Moore wasn't making a good choice, and he runs slow, and then he 
Well, and let's ask it this way. Reps. Let's ask it this way. Mel Kuyper on this show last week still had Demontre Moore as a top five pick. Is he still a top five well, pick based on what we saw in Indianapolis? Well, Alex and I would have told you for the last month that w- we didn't understand what anybody was seeing in Demontre Moore from from watching the tape. To us, he looked like a functional player that really didn't have that much explosive ability that really is going to get to the NFL and be a, a number two pass rusher, maybe a six, seven sack kind of guy. And then when you see the lack of explosion in the 40 and the lack of you know endurance and explosion in the bench, I mean, it kind of lends itself to what we believe we had seen. And, I mean, I think DeMontre Moore is going to end up in a late first-round type of pick, maybe even potentially lower than that. It's exactly what the A&M people told us at the Super Bowl, that uh, the coaches were worried that he, kind of like Kenny Vaccaro, Kenny Vaccaro came back, got stronger, matured more, Got another year under his belt. Who knows what would have happened for Kenny Vaccaro last year, but Kenny Vaccaro feels like he's better as a football player, and the league likes him as a senior with another year under his belt. Can I One thing real quick on Kenny Vaccaro, because the, everybody's been talking about his the way he ran today. The Actually, the bigger concern that we heard while we were in Indianapolis on several fronts is that, especially if you look at his senior tape, generally speaking, he's playing very, very close to the line. And these teams would like to see more evidence of him playing deep third, deep half, you know, in the back end of the defense, because that's what he's going to be expected to do in the NFL. And so that's actually a bigger concern with him than the way he ran. Yeah, deep safety instead of a he's pretty much a linebacker at Texas this year. All right, coming back, it is our pro football focus on a Tuesday, six to seven. The roster watch guys are here. Uh, we'll come back. We're going to talk to your uh... Mike Loiko, our our lead scout for rosterwatch.com. Uh, He's going to be joining us with all his winners and losers from the Combine. He's been tracking every statistic just detail by detail. Winners and losers from Indy next here on The Big Show. Colin Coward, The Herd. Every year during March Madness, we create a parallel bracket. This year we unveiled the 64 best quarterbacks of all time. A lot of guys did amazing things, but they end up like 11 and 12 seeds. Mornings at 9. The Horn. Viking Fence, folks, best fence company in Austin, Texas. Uh, if you're looking for a new fence around your home or business, some property you have, whatever it might be, any type of fence too, uh, wood fence, iron fence or gate, handrail, you name it. When it comes to those, you can go with one of those cheap builder-grade fences or you can uh, you might save a little bit, but I promise you uh, you will not get the long-term benefits you want when you go with a Viking Fence where it's all about the quality from the materials where Viking Fence mills three different grades of western red cedar and their own on-site lumber mill. The workmanship where Viking Fence is insured and bonded and come with the longest warranties you will find. I will tell you this, you can either choose quality now or you will later. Uh, that's a certainty. Here's the deal. 95% of the residential wood fences that Viking builds replace a cheap fence that went up before it. Call them now or call them later. 837-6411. They're online at vikingfence.com in Austin, Texas. When you think fence, think Viking. Saddle up Austin. It's rodeo time. Home to the fifth largest indoor regular season pro rodeo. Rodeo Austin is bringing you 16 days of hoof stomping action, March 8th to the 23rd. Get the ultimate rodeo Austin experience with extreme seats. Catch the pro rodeo action above the bucking chutes. Then enjoy front row seats with a live concert. Get your tickets now at rodeoaustin.com and help send kids to college. Sponsored by Ram, AFP, and AMD. Rodeo Austin. The legend lives on. Traffic and weather from YNN. One final check of the roadways on this Tuesday afternoon, and we're still stacked up here on the north and southbound lanes of 35, especially northbound 
coming out of Ladybird Lake, folks. You're stacked up all the way from Old Torf into downtown, almost to the upper and lower level split. Also seeing the same on Mopac, northbound lanes out of Ladybird, slow all the way up to far west. You have an accident just come into us in the downtown area at 7th and West Avenue, so be aware of that if you're in the downtown area. I'm Jason Seal with your 104.9 FM The Horn traffic update. Hope you're having a great Tuesday evening. I'm meteorologist Mary Watson. Through the evening hours, expect mostly clear skies. Temperatures falling from the 60s we had through the afternoon, eventually into the 50s, and then overnight into the 30s. So a very cold start to your day on Wednesday morning. But by Wednesday afternoon, temperatures will warm up into the low to mid-60s. Just keep in mind, we'll have the breezy north winds at 10 to 20 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Mary Watson with your YNN weather update. In the Baylor Executive MBA program, what does executive mean? It means that you'll be in a collaborative classroom environment with people who have years of experience in their current positions. Using that as a resource, the Baylor Executive MBA program can bring more relevant, detailed, and current information into the curriculum and teach in a different way. Here's Professor Mitch Newbert. You learn as much from the people in the room as you do from the instructors who are leading the discussion. I ask students to take a specific work challenge that they're facing right now, and then I ask them to create from the things that we've discussed a plan of action that they can implement tomorrow to be a better leader. Executive means better experience, better expertise, better expectations of high-paying positions in your career path. It will give you the experience to be a better executive in your current job and in the future jobs that are open to a graduate of the Baylor Executive MBA program. Learn more about the Baylor Executive MBA program at an informational class Monday, March 4th at the new Austin campus. Google Baylor EMBA for details. I'm amazing. He hit it. The NBA on the horn. It's amazing. Taylor with a two-hand sale. Nothing but the bottom of the net. Knights into the lane and finishes with dynamite. And he's hit three in a row. This is your home for the San Antonio Spurs. Yes! Trey the end! Splash! Quickly in the front court, Gary Neal stops and pops an angle right three. Neal nails it. The Horn. It's amazing. ESPN Austin. Aaron Hogan, Sean Adams, this is The Big Show. Tuesday, 6 to 7, we go NFL heavy with our friends from RosterWatch.com. Byron Lambert is here, Alex Dunlap, and we're going to check in with our director of scouting at RosterWatch.com in a moment. Winners and losers from the Combine. Also, I need to ask these guys, they were in Indianapolis. Did you see a safety or a, or a wide receiver that can help my Texans? That's what I'm looking for. I need a wide receiver. I need a safety for sure at some point in this draft in the first couple of days. Cowboys, what are they going to look at? We'll get into that. Also, the the takeaways. But, guys, we love having you guys in here on Tuesdays. You have a, I, next year, I think we need to be at the Combine with you guys. I think so, hey, too. We, come on. We love it. It's a we'll show you the ropes. How was the Manti Teo horde? Was it just ridiculous? It was it, I could not believe that a crowd could be bigger than the than the Andrew Luck and Robert Griffin crowds last year, that, or, or you know what we saw from the Tebow crowds. But it was it was the biggest crowd ever. And folks are kind of torn because it's really a football convention, but it's also a media convention. So they've got to ask what everybody wants to know about. They got to write what people want to know about. So the football people don't want to hear. It. A dang thing about the catfish story anymore, but that had to be like the first question out of the media's you know mouth to him. But Manti directed it to football pretty quickly. Let's uh, go to the Bob's Steak and Chop House hotline and bring on Mike Royko. Mike Royko, Loiko, what's going on? 
Not much, guys. Thanks for having me on tonight. He's got a he's got a wicked accent. And he's wicked smiling. And he's a little bit abrasive. He is from the Northeast, but his he's scouting living, reports are the best. He's face of East Coast bias, but you got to check out everything he does at rosterwatch.com. <laughs> check out everything he does at anypatriotsdraft.com, where he's the head editor over there. He's been uh, tracking every performance of every player this whole draft. And so we're going to check in with Mike on some winners and losers from the, these last few Let's days. Let's get the good news first. Let's go winners, Mike. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a lot of players that definitely helped their stock. Um, watching it over the last four days, what I really took away from it is the elite players at each position really separated themselves from the from the crop of players that they uh, built up. If you look at each position, the cornerback position today, you saw D. Milner come out and run sub 4-4. Four, four. The big question with him was how fast is he going to run? Running in four threes, that definitely elevated his stock. You know, he's the number one cornerback. There's not many questions about that. The number two cornerback really elevated himself into the, the solid number two position today with Xavier Rhodes from Florida State running in the four fours. Questions about speed with him. He answered all those questions today. Looking at the edge rusher positions, uh, you had a big group of players really bunched up. They could have gone anywhere with guys like Mingo, Jordan, Ansa all running extremely well. Uh, they really separated themselves from the pack. You know, they're all going to be in that first half of the first-round mixture. I thought today the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, did himself a lot of good, not only running a good time, you know, unofficially in the 4-4s, officially a 4-5-0, but he looked really good in the on-field drills. He's got the most natural ball skills of any of these defensive backs. And when you combine that with what you see on the tape, which is just a playmaker, he goes out of his way to make plays. You can't teach what he does. I think he did himself a lot of good. Um, flipping over to the offensive side of the ball quickly, Ryan Swope from Texas A&M, wide receiver, he helped himself out a lot, running a 4-3-4. You know, not many people expected that. He's a real tough player. He's just a gamer. I think he's going to get drafted day two solidly, and I think that really helped the stock. Um, Tavon Austin, you know, running as fast as he did. He's just another playmaker. And then the offensive lineman, you saw Lane Johnson and Eric Fisher, you know, raise themselves up into the top ten mix, and I can't see them falling out of that. Uh, Jonathan Cooper, the guard from North Carolina, really helped himself by, you know, he he would he's going to do good in this setting because he's so uh, athletic and finesse based. But he really stood out. And then, you know, looking at the running back position, position Niall Davis from Arkansas, you know, at 230 pounds, just about running in the four threes, bench pressing 225, 31 times, coming off the injuries at Arkansas. You know, he really put himself back on the national stage to be, you know, an early day three pick in the NFL draft at the running back position. Hey, Mike, uh, speaking of the running backs, I mean, this is something people in Texas will want to know about is I also, did you, did you feel Christine Michael was a winner? Because he, he really tested out very well this weekend as well. Yeah, he definitely did well. And, you know, funny you should mention him because right before I came on here, you know, Gil Brandt actually had a tweet about him saying, you know, he was a superstar at the Combine, but he actually overslept two days and missed two team meetings. And that's kind of been the whole deal with Christine Michael. He's got all this on-the-field ability, but, you know, it's one step forward, two steps back with him. You know, he'll have a couple of great games at Texas A&M, then he'll get hurt or he'll, you know, get in an argument with the coaching staff and get benched. It's just he's an enigma, and, you know, He's got major off-the-field concerns. So, you know, all the good he did by showing off on the field, it seems like he might have hurt himself with, you know, sleep oversleeping and missing team meetings, which is probably the worst thing you can do at the Combine. 
Great stuff. Mike Royko with us, Director of Scouting at RosterWatch.com. Mike, we'll, we'll get the losers in a minute, but uh, stay on the winners. You mentioned Lane Johnson, the Oklahoma tackle. He was a quarterback in high school, big 6'6", kid over 300 pounds now. Um, you know, there are some Cowboy fans that are hoping he could fall to them at, at 18. Sounds like you don't think he would be there now. Might be a top 10 pick after his performance uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah, I think that'd be very unlikely if you fell that far. Um, you, maybe you see the Cowboys trade up in the top 10 like they did last year for Morris Claiborne because with the, the top of the draft still bunched up this year, um, I think a lot of these offensive linemen really got artificially lifted up the board. You know, offensive guards don't normally go in the top 10, but we could see two this year. Um, I think the Cowboys could be in the mix for either of those guys. A guy like Jonathan Cooper could be there at 16. But Lane Johnson, if you look at the teams in the top 10 and just outside the top 10, at this point I really would have a hard time seeing him get by San Diego at 11. They need a left tackle badly. Um, they're even talking about Eric Fisher, you know, going in the top five now which means Lane Johnson's definitely in play for teams like the Arizona Cardinals at 7 and San Diego at 11. And, and before we get into losers, I mean, let's just talk about how, how athletic Lane Johnson is. And this is, what, this is what Mike Mayock told us at the podium on Sunday. And th- this observation to me was amazing. So you, you got the 4.72-second 40-yard dash, the 34-inch vertical leap, and the 9-foot-10-inch broad jump. That is a 6-foot-6 303-pound man. Okay, all right. This He ran a faster 40 than Anquan Bolden. He tied A.J. Green in the vertical, and he had the same broad jump number as Stephen Ridley of the Patriots. That is just silly. Just silly. So, yeah, obvious winner. Who do you got for your losers, Mike? Um, you know, you can stay right in Texas for the losers. I'd say the biggest <laughs> loser of this whole entire combine is DeMontre Moore. And, you know, the thing that I haven't been a huge fan of his on tape, but when you show up at the combine at 250 pounds and you expect yourself to go in the top half of the first round and you get on that bench press and you do 12 repetitions and you have a guy like Tavon Austin who weighs in at 174 pounds and does it 14 times, you know, that's just straight-up embarrassing. There's no excuse to only bench press 225 pounds 12 times when you're a Division One superstar at the outside linebacker position. On top of that, his on-the-field drills, he ran in the four nines, pulled up on his second 40-yard dash, and then that's the last we saw of him. He's somebody, you know, like Christine Michael, who has some off-the-field red flags, some attitude issues, some work ethic issues. You know, I, I honestly cannot see any way that a team can, you know, pick DeMontre Moore in the first half of the first round and feel good about it. You know, he plays with more power than that 12 reps, you know, stand for, but that would raise a major red flag with how hard he works off the field. And when that's one of your red flags going into that, I mean, you just basically solidified where every team thought about your work ethic. I thought that was a major hit from him. Jonathan Banks, the cornerback from Mississippi State, you know, the big knock on him was how fast does he run. We saw some cornerbacks answer that positively uh, today. He comes out and runs in the four sixes. You know, that's going to hurt him. It probably drops him out of the late first round into the second round. But he does have good ball skills. He can develop into a press corner. And he's aggressive against the run. So ultimately, I still think he can be successful in the NFL, but he definitely cost him some money. You know, another Oklahoma guy, Tony Jefferson, you know, when you compare his numbers to Lane Johnson's, the offensive tackle, Lane Johnson almost had better numbers 
combine-wise across the board. You know, if you want to compare teammates, I thought Sam Montgomery, defensive end from LSU, had an awful combine before he even got on the field, admitting that he was betting on, you know, betting on games, like friendly bets with his teammates, and that some games he felt like he didn't have to put a good effort forward. So, you know, I thought there were more players that helped themselves over the weekend, but there are a couple players that really hurt themselves, and they're ones that are up near the top of the draft. And I will say that players that didn't work out, guys like Alex Okafor, Keenan Allen, I think that hurts them a lot because, you know, the combine's all about generating buzz and uh, attention to yourself, and they miss out on a big opportunity. Mike Royko with us, the director of scouting at rosterwatch.com. Hey, Mike, uh, the Texas kids, you mentioned Okafor not working out, the uh, contusion on the hip was the issue. Whether that was a good decision or not, we'll see. What about Goodwin and Vaccaro, uh, a couple of Longhorns who performed in Indianapolis? Yeah, I mean, you can throw Goodwin right into that mix about players that have helped themselves. You know, he was really unleashed at the Senior Bowl. You know, Texas, obviously, there's so much discussion about how to use him and how he was mishandled. Senior Bowl, we really saw him be used as a wide receiver and get the ball in his hands a lot more. So he's shown over the course of this offseason that he could develop into a nice weapon at the NFL position. When you run the fastest 40, you know, you're going to get positive attention. I thought Vaccaro, he was just average, but I don't think he did anything to hurt himself. Officially, he ran a 4-6-3. You know, you'd like to see him run a little bit faster, 4-5-5. But I don't. I wasn't really expecting him to be one of these burners. He's shown over the course of his career that he can cover wide receivers, he can cover tight ends, and he's so versatile. So I don't think he necessarily helped himself, but he definitely didn't hurt himself. Mike Loiko, rosterwatch.com. Uh, excellent stuff, my friend. Uh, that's good. Good. Uh, good conversation. We'll pick it up next time around. But and where do you say, Byron? You said the rosterwatch.com. What's the other website? Oh, anypatriotsdraft.com. There you go. That's where that's where Mike lives. And Mike, tell everybody where where people can follow you on Twitter to keep up with all your draft uh, insight. Yeah, I mean, I tweet all the time. I hashed, uh, my Twitter name is at N-E-P-D underscore Loiko, L-O-Y-K-O. Um, and I'm tweeting new information all the day, Patriots-based, but mostly NFL draft-based and NFL-based. That's what's up. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate it. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good stuff, Mitz. Uh he had it knocked out. Oh, he has the hugest database of information available to anybody. He's to been get on following these at. kids since they were in eighth grade. It's, <laughs> it's, oh it's true. It's, he, Mike Loiko with an L. It is true. So if, he's he's a good guy to keep up with if you're a draft Nick and you want to know all the details of each and every one of these kids. Coming back, we'll pick up the conversation. It's our pro football focus rosterwatch.com here on the big show. Uh, we'll we'll talk about the winners and losers. We'll take some phone calls if you have them. Four four seven ESPN. That's four four seven three seven seven six. You want to ask about a player? Uh, these guys were in Indianapolis. We'll take those. You can also text us at three three seven ESPN on the myplace.com text line. It's the big show here on the Horn, streaming live at ESPNAustin.com.